Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is brought to you by EuroFantasyLead.com. As I've been telling you, for the very best in online fantasy football, be sure to check out EuroFantasyLeague.com and also be sure to check out their new World Cup game at Fantasy-WorldCup.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm RomaPress.us editor John Solano. Um, Hope you liked uh, the new introduction. I figured I needed a new one because with the latest uh, transfer rumors that are coming out, um, Bruno Perez, I believe, uh, Nangolan is even mentioned in, in the original introduction. I needed to find a new alternative because I can't be having all these old players uh, on the introduction. So, hope you like it. And for those of you that don't know, um, that chant is one of my all-time favorites. Um, one that you hear every match day. Uh, it's called Voyo Solo Star Conte. Um, again, absolutely love it. One of my favorites. So, again, hope you like the new introduction. So... Wow, where do we begin with today? Um, I thought we were just going to have your normal updating transfer rumors podcast, but yikes. Um, that's not the case. I, I don't even know where to begin. So obviously there's the news of the Stadio della Roma. There's the updates on the financial fair play. So we're going to touch on both of those. Um, this is going to be a podcast where I have nothing usually I have some sort of script or outline written down I have none of that this is being recorded on the fly very last minute I don't have a guest lined up I I, I wanted to do this because I, I think we need to add some clarity there's a lot of assumptions going on a lot of conjecture and I'm hoping to be able to perhaps put your mind at ease even slightly and just add a little bit more color to what we've been seeing in the news today regarding regarding Roma. So let's start with the stadium. So let's just get a little bit of an outline. So what happened? Nine individuals with some sort of connection to the Stadio della Roma, all in different ways, have been arrested. Now, amongst these arrests, there's politicians and entrepreneurs. Now, I could get into every single one of these individuals, how they're connected, what they mean to the project, where they fall along the path of the stadium ultimately getting approved. But for me personally, there's there's really a, there's there's just one name that we really need to focus on as to who was arrested. And that is Luca Padanasi. Now, um Padanasi was amongst the individuals who, again, was arrested. And his influence on this project is massive. Um, It cannot be understated enough. Padanasi, Palotta, at one time Mark Panis, who was part of the Raptor group with Palotta and Zeka. They have been working together this entire time for this project which 
believe the original agreement was signed on December of uh, of 2012. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm I'm 95% sure that's when the original agreement for the Stadio della Roma was was signed with uh, the Raptor Group Roma and Parnassi. Now, Parnassi, who is he? He's an entrepreneur, very, 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 very heavily involved in real estate. What their connection is to the Stadio della Roma is they're going to be working right alongside with Palotta, handling nearly all of the construction of this urban development in the city of Rome, which includes the stadium and it includes some some buildings obviously around it it's not just a stadium this is more of an urban development project so Padanasi arrested what was he arrested for well the uh, prosecutor in Rome they were investigating corrupt behavior amongst politicians and again entrepreneurs and this investigation he was caught up in <laughs> Um, now, to the extent at which he is caught up in it, we're going to have to see. Um, but they do have um, recorded phone calls of him. And, you know, just from his standpoint, it, it honestly doesn't look good. It, it doesn't look good. Now, Roma came out with a comment. They said, you know what, um, this has little bearing on the construction of the stadium and we expect uh, very few delays because of this now I understand why the club and why Palota put out that statement but this has a huge 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 bearing on the entire project um, you know someone I trust very much on the information regarding the stadium is uh, he writes uh, with our friend Sandro Austin at El Tempo. Uh, his name is from Nando uh, Mayaro. And uh, Fernando is the, in my opinion, the number one expert when it comes to all of this Stadio da Roma information. Pretty much um, any story that you'll find in regards to the stadium on Roma Press he has his fingerprints on. He knows the ins and outs of this entire project. And he tweeted roughly a few hours ago um, that he doesn't want to go all the way and say that the project is dead, but he says it's very close. And he says he writes it with a lot of bitterness in his heart. So... This is not good. Regardless of what Palotta says, regardless of what the club says, this situation right now involving the Stadio della Roma is not good. The The prosecutor in Rome, to basically summarize what they are sort of conjecturing to the public as to what they have, uh, you know, according to the accusation, the prosecution essentially believes that the public officials, so the politicians who have been arrested in this investigation have been essentially corrupted by Pardanasi, who 
in these recorded telephone calls that they have was caught more or less buying politicians and other officials. So, again, on the face of it, this is not good whatsoever. We're going to have to see how this plays out. Regardless of what Palota says, there are going to be delays. I don't know how substantial or insubstantial they may be, but there are 100% going to be delays in regards to the stadium. Now, again, is the project absolutely unequivocally 100% dead? Absolutely not. Anybody who says that is speaking out of school. They're assuming. They're conjecturing. That is not the case. However, it's, it's, it's looking very grim at the moment. And all we can do now is wait because information is going to be coming out in the coming days. We're going to be learning more. We're going to be learning as to if there were any irregularities along the approval process of the stadium. If there were, that is the biggest issue right now. If these politicians, if all of the approvals up until this point, if there were any irregularities, if there were people having their votes bought, if there was Pardonasi having some sort of influence and having paid for it, that's a problem. And that's where we're going to run into huge, huge issues. And it's at that point where the project could really, really face its death. But again, nothing has been decided right now. Nothing has been concluded. The mayor of Rome, uh, Mr. Raji, she has insisted that the project will move forward. But now is just way too premature for anybody to be drawing any sort of conclusions one way or the other. So that's where we're at with the with the Stadio della Roma. I, I wish I had more to give. I, I wish I could add further clarity. But really... I wanted to give you the background. I wanted to give you a very quick summarization, but that's where we're at right now. Um, it's not good, but it's not, the situation is not 100% dead. You know, things can certainly be picked back up. But let's move on to better news. As uh, UEFA announced that uh, Roma have fulfilled all of their. Um, have fulfilled all of their duties, so to speak, in regards to their settlement agreement that was agreed upon in the year 2015. So to give you just a very brief overview, Roma, they were on the monitoring system of financial fair play up until the financial year ending 2017. And it was at that point where they were required by the governing body of Europe to break even so essentially losses lined up with uh, revenues and they fell just a bit short actually uh, for the financial year ending 2017 they they fell just about 8 million euros short so they met with UEFA uh, back in I believe it was late March it might have been middle March but it was in March I don't know the exact date but they met with UEFA and quite honestly there was the chance that they would be punished again. It could have been a fine. It could have been a restriction on the European roster. So for UEFA to announce today that the uh, Roma have fulfilled their um, financial fair play uh, obligations and that they are in compliance with uh, the financial fair play was 
extremely generous by them because they did fall short. They did fall short, but I'm sure that Roma laid out a very pretty picture for them given that in the financial year 2017-2018, their revenues were a club record. I mean, again, I've discussed it on this podcast plenty, but they made 100 million euros just from the Champions League alone in the year 2017-2018. So I'm very, very pleased that this is a case. Now, I've seen people tweeting, oh, well, that doesn't mean they have to sell players for profits. No, that that is not the case at all. I mean, this is no different than you, you know, uh, let's say you're you're a very poor driver and you have your license, your license suspended and your license, you know, you wait a year and your license ultimately gets reinstated. You know, that doesn't mean that you can go out and, you know, drink, drive, and go over the speed limit. It doesn't work like that. Roma still have to operate very frugally financially. So just because they're not under the, the crosshairs and under the watch the watchful eye of financial fair play, that does not mean their strategy in the transfer market is going to deviate dramatically. They're still going to sell players when they have the opportunity to make a huge plus valenza. Um, they're going to look for young players with high upside, loads of potential, groom them, and potentially in two, three, four, or whatever it may be seasons, if the opportunity arrives to sell them for, again, a huge capital gain, they're going to take that. They're not going to risk falling under financial fair play sanctions again. They can't afford it. And when you couple that with the problems of the Stadio della Roma, which I can almost guarantee that they presented to UEFA as this is our long-term plan. We're going to have the stadium. Revenues are going to increase. Match day revenue is going to increase, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, we, we can't expect them to deviate drastically from the strategy that we've seen them operate under in the last five, six, seven years. So, again, great that, you know, they're, they're no longer under the monitoring period with UEFA, but I really don't see that meaning a whole lot as far as transfer market strategy goes. To be honest with you, they would be absolutely ridiculous to go out, spend loads of money, and then in less than 12 months find themselves in a similar situation where they have UEFA knocking at the door saying, hey, um, it looks like we got a little problem here. I mean, the last thing we want is for Roma to be in the situation that Milan is in. I mean, uh, now now UEFA didn't announce their sanctions today uh, for the Rossoneri, but I, 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 I can't imagine that the situation is going to be very good. So that's that's where Roma are with the financial fair play. Don't don't expect much. I, I'm it, it's great news, but don't expect them to really alter their their transfer market strategy because again they they can't really afford to. So that's what we have on the stadium. That's what we have on financial fair play. Again, I wanted to make this a very brief episode that hopefully provided you with an update and a bit of a summarization as to what is happening. So we're going to have another episode later in the week uh, that's more transfer focused and hopefully have some better news for everyone. So keep an eye out for that. And until next time, Forza Roma.